From the famed Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood, California, the Armed Forces Radio Service takes pleasure in presenting the fifth concert in the Silver Jubilee season of this world-renowned organization. The orchestra tonight will be under the baton of the Hollywood Bowl's own musical director, Mr. Leopold Stokowski, who has programmed representative works by two late 19th century German composers, Johannes Brahms and Richard Wagner. The first half of our concert will be given over to the performance of Brahms' Academic Festival Overture and his Symphony No. 3 in F major. After a brief intermission period, we are to hear the prelude to Act I of Richard Wagner's Lohengrin, the prelude to Act Three of Tristan und Isolde, and finally the overture and Venusberg music from Tannhäuser. In 1879, already at the peak of his powers as a composer, and with his work recognized throughout the musical world, Johannes Brahms was given the degree of Doctor of Philosophy by the University of Breslau. As an expression of gratitude, he wrote a work in the spirit of the occasion, utilizing well-known traditional German student songs, and it was first performed at Breslau in 1881 under the composer's direction. Brahms' own rather modest description of the overture was a very jolly potpourri on student songs. This is to be followed on our program tonight by Brahms' Symphony No. 3 in F major, known as Brahms' Eroica, comparing it to Beethoven's Third Symphony, likewise a symphony in heroic mood. Brahms' Third Symphony is indeed heroic, but in the Brahmsian spirit. In spite of its truly virile strenuousness and conflicts, its last supreme word of wisdom is a serene resignation. Moreover, this personality is expressed with such wonderful truth and moving effect that, in its purely human qualities, the Third Symphony is Brahms' most typical, personal, and perhaps most important symphonic work. In no other work has Brahms unveiled his own individual nature so wonderfully. In no other has his whole personality found such marvelously pure and undisguised expression. In no other has he displayed such spiritual independence as in this symphony. The work was first performed by the Vienna Philharmonic in 1883, and this performance, this first performance, was slightly marred by the presence in the audience of partisans of the music of Wagner and Bruckner, who were inclined to deplore, rather noisily, the music of all composers, other than their favorites. But the Brahms supporters, and the eloquence of the music itself, proved too powerful, and the symphony was received successfully. It is probably no mere accident that Mr. Stokowski's program tonight is to present the works of Brahms in one half and the works of Wagner in the other. For, as we have suggested, a great rivalry existed between these two musical giants in their own day, and to a somewhat lesser extent, exists even today. We may have an opportunity to discuss this more in detail during our intermission, but now Mr. Sikowski has taken his place before our Hollywood Bowl Orchestra, and in a few seconds our concert is to open with a rousing academic festival overture by Johannes Brahms.
And so with the performance of Brahms' Third Symphony in F major, we bring to a close the first portion of today's concert. Mr. Stokowski is acknowledging the audience's enthusiastic reception of his reading of this work. This brings us to intermission time here at Hollywood Bowl during this fifth concert in the Hollywood Bowl Silver Jubilee season. Following this brief period, the remainder of our concert is to be given over to the works of Richard Wagner, opening with the prelude to the first act of Lohengrin, followed by the prelude to the third act of Tristan und Isolde, and finally the overture in Venusberg music from Tannhäuser. We mentioned earlier that it was probably no mere accident that Mr. Stokowski had decided to program the works of Brahms in one half of our concert and the works of Wagner in the other half, as a great rivalry existed between the two composers, both in their own generation and even today. As a matter of fact, rarely have two contemporary artists developed in more opposite directions, each attaining greatness in his own style, than did Wagner and Brahms. While Wagner was a great innovator of new musical styles and forms, Brahms looked backward toward the classicism of Beethoven. In a day when not only Wagner, but many others of his contemporaries, including Liszt, Chopin, and Schumann, were exploring new fields of musical creation, Brahms continued with serene confidence to hold the music of Beethoven as his ideal. You have no conception of how the likes of us feel when we hear the tramp of a giant like Beethoven behind us he once wrote. And temperamentally, and in his musical scholarship, Brahms belonged to the age of Beethoven. But where Brahms looked backward, and modestly, Richard Wagner looked ahead, and did so with a power, even an arrogance, the likes of which the world has rarely seen. And as widely as they differed musically, they differed just as much personally. Where Brahms' mild, serene bachelor's personality lent itself to his scholarly musical activity, Richard Wagner attacked the problems of creating great new music by subjugating all other considerations to this one objective. Where Brahms was genial, thoughtful, considerate, loved his many friends and was loved by them, Wagner was conceited, vain, an egotist, caring for no one's feelings but his own, and leaving a trail of hurt and embittered people behind him wherever he went. Where Brahms was a typical pillar of the small community in which he lived, and from which he seldom traveled, Wagner traveled extensively, was a sophisticate, a man of affairs, and left a sizable batch of bad debts wherever he had been. But Wagner resembled Brahms in one respect. He was a genius. For all his selfishness, egotism, even cruelty to those who loved and trusted him, he left the world in exchange some of its most inspired and magnificent music. The prelude to the opera Lohengrin, which is to open the second portion of our concert following this intermission, is one of Richard Wagner's most sustained flights to the realm of a sublime and human imagination. On the other hand, the opera Tristan und Isolde, from which we are to hear the prelude to the third act, is based on the fundamental idea that passion has rights which are superior to all law, and among all Wagner's works, Tristan is by far both the most passionate and the most disconsolate. Finally, in the overture in Venusberg music from Tannhäuser, with which the concert concludes, we are to hear a combination of both the sublime mood of the Lohengrin music and the sensual mood of the Tristan music. Thus, in perfect balance, has Mr. Stokowski, 
not only made it possible for us to compare tonight the music of Johannes Brahms and of Richard Wagner, as different a pair of composers and as unlike a pair of men as the world has seen, but also in the Wagnerian section of our concert, we shall hear all three of the predominating moods of Wagner, the sublime, the sensual, and in the end, both together. Mr. Stokowski is resuming his place before the orchestra, and we are about to hear the remainder of our concert, opening with a Lohengrin prelude by Richard Wagner.
Thank you.
Tchaikovsky is acknowledging the applause of our audience. And so with the performance of the Overture and Venusberg music from Richard Wagner's Tannhäuser, we bring to a close the fifth in the Silver Jubilee season of concerts from famed Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood, California. Heard tonight with the Academic Festival Overture and Symphony No. 3 in F Major by Johannes Brahms, and the Lohengrin Prelude, the third act prelude from Tristan und Isolde, and the overture in Venusberg music from Tannhäuser by Richard Wagner. These concerts are made available to the men and women of our armed forces by the Hollywood Bowl Association. Your program notes were prepared by Sergeant Sidney Swirsky. And this is your commentator, Sergeant Bernard Dudley. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.